if you're around it and you got that skill set and you're good at looking and observing and being the individual you are, then you'll be great at being a police officer. Yeah. So it's not about getting into shit or not getting caught to be a great officer, no. It's all about you as an individual and what's your skill set, what's your why. Hey guys, if you missed out on the last conference in Nashville, Tennessee, you don't want to miss out on the next one. It's April 28th through May 3rd, Orlando, Florida, the Gaylord Palms Resort and Convention Center. You made a mistake missing the last one. You don't want that to happen again on this one. Five days of some of the best training you're ever going to experience packed into one event. We have an early bird special right now, $50 off. Use 24 early bird on our website, streetcop.com. Look for the conference, click the link, register today. If you want to get significantly better at this profession in five days, don't dare miss out on the 2024 Street Cop Conference. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Street Cop Training Podcast. I'm your host, founder and CEO of Street Cop Training. My name is Dennis Benino, and I'm a professional as a motherfucker. Just rip that shit out. I can say that shit 20 times in a row, bro. That was, that was good. Yeah, well dude, done. I could fucking, that's a pro right there. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't deviate one, one yeah. bit. Sometimes I got to re record it, Frank. Don't reveal my secrets. It's okay. He edits shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. You guys may have seen these fellas around on social media. That's how we found them and invited them to the podcast studio. Thanks for having us. Yeah, bro. We got Dre and H here from Silverback Chronicles Podcast. Yes, and, sir. Uh, Boys, welcome to back to the fucking uh, tri-state area. We've been oh, yeah. Lovely. Feels good. Feels good. Feels How did amazing. you guys leave the tri-state area? Well, oh, uh, fuck. Because I left too, bro. The, oh, yeah. I went to D.C. for like 18 months or some shit. 18 yeah. months, huh? You came right back. Oof. Damn. Oof. Different down there. Oof. Different. I, bro, not for DMV me. area, bro. It wasn't even the, like, the crime don't bother me there. The no. people, I don't. You Sorry, know, guys. it's crazy. Like Baltimore <laughs> and D.C., even though they're like an hour away mm-hmm. from each other, they're it's different. completely different, yeah, two, yeah. two different worlds. Yeah. Yeah. I know why you went down there, but tell us why you went down there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I was on the uh, NYPD list and uh, the New York State Troopers list. And then when they had a big hiring freeze, I was like, well, shit, what am I going to do now? So one of our, uh, my good family uh, friends, he's in uh, WATF, uh, Warren Apprehension Task Force. He came, he came back home for a weekend. He was talking to my mom's. So my mom's told him, you know, that I was trying to get on the job him and uh, NYPD. And he was like, time to come to Baltimore. So I spoke to him. And he was like, yeah, we'll hire you. I was like, really? Me not knowing nothing about Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I get down there, you know, go through the process. Three months later, I was hired. I was like, I guess I'm going to Baltimore now. Been there <gasps> 13 years now. Yeah. It's like that. You know, tell me how you feel about Baltimore, because I already know how you feel about Baltimore. Absolutely. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've never met somebody from Baltimore who's happy about being in Baltimore. Not it's even, people, not even the motherfuckers a, that live there. It's a mixed relationship with Baltimore. There's certain things we don't like, but then there's things. It's a beautiful town. It's weird. Well, at least you were smart enough not to go too far. Yeah. Well, for me, same thing like him. Mm-hmm. I, I was on a list for NYPD. This is during the recession that we're really hiring. Yeah. Um, took a bunch of exams up and down the East Coast. Um, I even went down to like my brother. He lived in California. I even went over there and took the test, bombed that test because the California Highway Patrol, you know, they, their rules. I didn't know. I thought it was like New York driving, you know, New York bombed that test. So came <laughs> yeah. back. It was, yeah, I was like, damn. But um, same thing. I was one night, shout out to police1.com. Uh, mm-hmm. I got an email saying Baltimore City's hiring. And um, I just applied three months later. Boom, I'm on. That quick. If you would have known now what you knew, that, if you would have known then what you know now, right? There's a reason why they were so quick to hire you. Yeah. There was a reason why it was that easy to get hired in places. Yeah. But back then, I mean, and back then, they had like, 
I don't know, maybe two thousand cops on the street. It was a yeah back then. It was <laughs> it was a lot of police and it was fun on the job and and that's when the job was fun. Oh, it, it was, was a blast. Yeah, yeah it was a it, it still was a, a turnover ratio, but it wasn't as bad as it is now. Yeah, but, how do you how do you police in a? And I know that you guys can't say a lot of things because you still work there, right? I mean, we still yeah. work there, but we could talk. Yeah, I don't want to go too much into like the bad right. mouthing of the whole city and the and the agency and the politics mm -hmm. there. I don't want to do that. You know, we we never really we never bad mouth the agency because the way we interpret what we get. I mean, it's been a beautiful. We, I mean, I was born and raised in the Bronx. I had my five bedroom house built. You know, right. he lives in a gated community. Like yeah. that's those are the beautiful things that the job has afforded us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, if you come down and you interpret it a bad way, that's their interpretation. But for me. I've learned a lot, a lot of great people. Met a lot of great people. Yeah, the town, like the town is, is a dope town. But like everywhere else, it's the bullshit politics. politics. Yeah. People that have never put on a gun belt go in there and try to say how we should do our job, you know? And that's all over the country. We're seeing it all over the country. It's definitely worse in the inner cities for sure, though. Absolutely. Yeah. Has there been a week in your career when you stopped somebody and they didn't go, where the fuck are you from? Oh, that's every day. Every, every day. day. Because me, you know bro. what? The mannerisms are different. It's not what they're accustomed to. It's not what they're used to. So when they see us and how we conduct ourselves, it's like, damn, where are you from? Yeah, it's different. You know what I mean? Totally different. And, and, the and rapport is different. But it's cool, though, because sometimes, you know, it'll be a heated situation, and they'll just stop and be like, where y'all from? That's fucking funny. And, it, and it, right. you know, it brings things down, and then, you know, we could, like he said, the rapport, you yeah. could go on from there. For me, I was like, I never felt like I fit in that area, bro. Like ever, you know what I mean? And how I was perceived um, was was just like, I, bro, I remember people like reacting to foul language at that time. I was down there in 04 and oh, wow. people, bro, like, you know, you up here, if you don't curse, like, we don't trust you. Like, you better curse to my mother. Right. Like, my, like, you know what I mean? Like, you better curse in front of my family <laughs> because they will like you more. I don't know if that's the same for your family. Like, if you curse, like, not at them, don't talk shit to them. But I'm saying, like, you sit down and tell a story and, like, then I tell this guy, are you fucking nuts? And, like, yeah. people up here, like, even old ladies, like, they think shit's the funniest. These yeah. are, so when I'm down there and I'm like, I remember going to a gas station. I'm like, let me get that at, you know, those fucking things over there, too. And the lady, like, looked at me like, who the f excuse me? <laughs> and I'm like, oh. It's definitely fuck. a tri-state thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. it's true. But that's why when you come home, it's like, you know what we were saying. It feels good to be home because you don't miss that, a beat. Yeah, there's this interchanging of New York and New Jersey. Like everybody has cousins out here, everybody yep. has cousins out there, because it's just this constant interchange of different residences from New York to New Jersey. Yeah. Five boroughs, like, bro. I mean, that's just the fucking way it is. So when I see guys like you, that you would think we come from completely different walks of life, which in some way we do, we actually don't. Right. Like motherfuckers like this, we look completely different, but we could be at a bar together in the Bronx at a Yankees game, right. laughing our fucking asses off, becoming best friends immediately. Absolutely. Where I feel like in other parts of this country, it ain't like that. No. Yeah. I just don't. And, I, you know, the one thing I can say is that this profession, why I like this profession so much, or one of the reasons I enjoy it, is because it's the only place you can come where when you put 50 cops in a room and they all look different, they're all the same. They're all the same. Right. Everybody's their brother and their sister, yep. and nobody sees you for anything other than you being one of them. Absolutely, isn't that crazy? The fact that you bring that up because everybody's like, you know, oh, police, you're racist, and it's like, I got an Asian partner that just saved my life the other day. Yeah. Who's racist? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, police aren't racist. No, they're actually. I would actually argue that they're probably the most 
not racist people because you can't even be. You can't. Right? You can't even bring that mentality to work because you'll get, like, if you've had it, because you, you'll get caught. Easily. Yeah, you can't. You just would never. So, you know, I, that's the one thing that I enjoy about the profession is the camaraderie. I think people yeah, do too here. For sure. But you know what? If you, if you stand firm with who you are, you'll be loved anywhere. That's a good point. Yeah, no, I agree. You know what I mean? If you are who you are, people, they respect real and they love you for who you are. Even though Jersey's a blue state, dude, like people like really like the cops here. They do. Like That's a good. lot. There's obviously little pockets of bullshit here and there, but you'd be surprised. Like Hudson County has Jersey City in some real rough areas. They like love their cops in Hudson County. Like it's, it's one of the, some of the areas of Hudson County, some of the roughest in the state. Mm -hmm. Bro, like they, like you can't fuck with their cops. They won't like let, I'm sure they have problems in some of those areas. Like there's mm -hmm. obviously some assholes in those areas, but overall the community in Jersey City, Jersey City's rough. Yeah. He loves the police, bro. They got a good relationship with them. I came and visited my cousin. He's a lieutenant on Inglewood. He's actually the first Dominican lieutenant on that department. And I'm like, wow. Like, the Does way he know who we are? He must know who we are. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yup. Um, Inglewood. And I see the way they treat him. I'm like, yo, this is beautiful. Like, it's, you still have that, like, nostalgic. Like you said, the golden era where, like, people still love the job. Everybody's going to take put their own little twist on the job here. And everywhere, you know, it's how you see it. And I really think it's not about the state that you work in. I think it's the agency you work for. Absolutely. So you could work in a fucking real liberal state, but bro, there's motherfuckers in California lighting it up. Like most places outside of San Diego, San Francisco, and LA, they're lighting the fucking state up. or locking a lot of motherfuckers up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of our best instructors, an interdiction guy at a sheriff's office, San Diego. Especially out there, right? The loads they get is... They're insane. here too, just nobody knows how to get them. You know? But I mean, it's everywhere. And the only reason that more people aren't finding it is because they're just not trained to find it. Mm. And I'll actually add in, there are probably a lot of people who don't have the skills or the abilities and may never ever gain those to find things like that. But there are a lot of people who do possess those fantastic skills as a cop who if they had some training could do some amazing stuff. We talk about it all the time, like that, that, uh, Interdiction eye is, is crazy. That drug eye. That gun know, eye. That, that gun eye, right? Not everybody can do it. Not everybody has that skill set. I think that there is certainly some clout from where you guys come from understanding how the game works. Absolutely. To a dude who's fucking green straight out of the fucking suburbs, who's never met a bad person in his life. Yeah. Ditto, I hate to say it. This is true. Every fucking cop I know that I thought was the best cop I've ever met were just dudes who never got caught. And then obviously... I mean, took it's, a different path. I'm not saying they were criminals. Uh, right, like a, right. Yeah, they yeah. just were like, like the like in our teens and shit. Like they're just motherfuckers that never got caught. Some of them did, and it's not really them. It's it's the mindset. It's it's how you were raised. Like you don't have to get into shit to be a good cop. No, if you're around it and you got that skill set and you're good at looking and observing and being the individual you are, then you'll be great at being a police officer. Yeah. So it's not about getting into shit or not getting caught to be a great officer. No. It's all about you as an individual. And what's your skill set? What's your why? I think it's hard for people who weren't popular to be cops. Because mm. anybody that doesn't have, that's never had power, once they're given that authority, they're 99% going to abuse it. I don't even, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disengage from that a little bit and go down a different path, is that I've watched people who come on the road, so like, I was class clown, right? Mm. To talk to anybody. And actually people say to me, that's, one of the most impressive things about you is you have rapport with almost everybody you ever... It's amazing how you go from one to another and just it's so 
interesting to watch. But what I see people who don't have friends or they come out to be police officers with the right state of mind, they don't know how to talk to people. Right. No. Have you ever talked to whole life? I went to the academy with a guy, girl I was seeing at the time. She said, he's in the academy with you? I go, yeah. She goes, I went to fucking elementary, middle, and high school with that kid. I don't even know what his voice sounds like. And it reflected in his, his IPC yeah, skills, right. bro. He couldn't talk to anybody. He didn't understand the guy like you or you or me. Right. He was just coming binary, black and white. Yeah, on this job, yeah, on this job you definitely got to learn how to talk to everyone because you're servicing a community. You know what I mean? But you know what? It's, it's, it's actually a good thing. I say it's a good thing because you want to put him with the veteran senior guy. He needs to be taken to these neighborhoods. It's obvious he's never conversed with that before. He's got to put his guard down when he gets there. No, gotta, but gotta, but that's what yeah. you sign up for. So you have to be okay I think people, to do that. I think some people don't realize what they signed up for. No, no. A lot of them don't. Right. A lot of them don't. But it takes the department to recognize that and develop him. To I mean, it, everybody is the perfect agent of your department. That's what you want to put out there. But if you see that, you know that, and don't, don't do shit about it, that's why the fucking... The black clouds are still over policing because you let the motherfucker like that go out there, treat people like shit, don't know how to identify with people, and here we go. We got more drama. I remember it sparked a story. I was field training a kid, and we we stopped a car, and the passenger, like, there's a whole theory that I have, and I'll explain it to you boys in a little bit, but the passenger had a pretty significant warrant from the state police, which was like a big one. It's a New Jersey state warrant. Okay, so you don't see that where at. Okay. all the time, right? You don't see that all the time. Because of troopers? Mm. No, no, nah, okay. detectives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This dude was cooperative, but he was cooperative because he knew what kind of cop I was. Now, this kid's in field training, right? So, it's a bad dude, right? I worked in jail for a couple of years. I'm in this, now I'm in, this, I'm in the game 10, 11 years, and I'm, I'm not somebody like just trying to avoid calls. Like, I'm in the fucking game. Yeah, you see, yeah. You like, I'm in, I, I worked in the jail for two years in max security for two fucking years, a lot of hours. So, I know I'm uh, like a real motherfucker when I see one. This, right. this guy ain't even trying to, he is so authentically hard that he's trying to act nice to not come off as hard as he is because he respects he could tell what kind of cop i am he knows I, i'm a fucking so we have him. respect there are very very small light-hearted conversations going back and forth nothing just about like the game bro like two bro, al- two alphas that know that's it like like brother i don't know what the fuck you did i got no i don't care it just is what it is brother like ain't nothing i could do for you it's yeah. is you got like ain't no reason to catch no more charge if it's some bullshit right like so just let's fucking you get treated like a thousand dollars. We're gonna have in. I'm all business. I can make your life hard. That's it. He's like, and I never forget him being like, Heron, you fucking get me for fucking Heron. And like, it was a big case. We got called later on. Wow. He just didn't think he got caught. Big case. Yeah. He's probably still fucking doing time. Right. He's a real dude, bro, with a real rap sheet. So we go inside, and I'm just being polite with him and kind. So this dude starts. The kid that I'm field training is like 20. He starts being like goofing around with him. So I let him have a minute, and we walked out of the jail cell area. I put him, I go, hey, listen, man. Let me tell you, that dude back there, he's, he's the real deal. If you were by yourself, he'd eat you for breakfast. Right. I promise you that. The only reason I'm allowed to have this rapport with him, because he understands what kind of guy I am and what kind of cop I am. I go, don't ever do that again. Like you, you're not ready to talk to a guy like that, like that. There's just, levels. Yeah, you, you just, he's only allowing you to talk to him like that because I'm here. He knows you're in field training. He know he can tell, right? I'm fucking 31 years old. You're 20. He knows I got fucking my sh- my shit's all geeked up, right? I, I ain't polishing my fucking gear, right? right? I'm built, but I like my shit ain't like cor- like I don't have a polish. I'm wearing polished shoes. Right, right, right. I got fucking tears in my uniform. Like, he knows who he's got. Mm-hmm. I didn't give him a chance to think for a second that he was gonna get over on me for a minute. 
you start being, he's going to start taking advantage of you. You have no idea what this dude's capable of. Just the manipulation level that he's capable of to fuck with you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's real life. He would bring this motherfucker a cheeseburger in about 10 minutes if he wants it. Yeah. He just, so. He's the joker. He was a straight up thug. We, when you do come across like that real. He was a G. Yeah, the G's. They don't ever give, once they smell it on you. It's that energy. You feel it. It's you like, know what's fake and what's not. It's not worth going to war for this. You know what I'm saying? They understand the, somebody's going to take a casualty. Yeah. And it's like, there's no point. But like the field training kid, I guess he saw that the guy was being respectful towards you. He was being respectful towards him. He probably thought it was sweet. Because he felt as though he had the situation down pack. He could throw his little bullshit on there. I think right. he wanted to jump in. Yeah. And like, and like feel it out a little Take bit. Take it easy. And that's when you sit back and you watch. Like he said, you observe. And that's, that was a learning lesson. Like that was a class. You was teaching that field that training. Field bro. I was just putting through everything. Yeah. First day of field training with me, you know what we do? We go right into the radio room where jobs are pending. Uh, I got this. We got a domestic walk in. It's not your sector. I'm like, I'll take it. Yeah. And like, motherfuckers, are like, you're taking my domestic? I'm like, yeah, man, it's a fucking, it's his first day. He's got to learn everything. Just don't forget when, I, when it's time to fucking set him on the highway and we're going to start fishing out there. We're going to get to our hunting grounds. Some bullshit comes in. Don't forget. And I tell guys, like, you pick up that bullshit. Just don't make me come off the highway for 10 minutes for some stupid shit. Right. Just go take care of the fucking lockout, the loud party. Go knock it down for me. We'll take a few of these from you because he's got to learn this stuff. Yeah. And bro, I took a lot of pride in the field training process. I really took a lot of pride in it. I never treated the guys that I was field training like pieces of shit. I would tell them, I'm here. I'm here to help guide you, but I'm your partner. We're partners. I'm not going to treat you like a piece of shit. I don't want you to feel like you're a piece of shit. I won't talk to you for, like yourself. For, if you got to talk to me, don't ask me a question from somebody. Say, can I talk to you for a second over here? I got to tell you something real quick. I found something. Whatever you got to say, we get away from these people. Yeah. Then you can say to me, oh, what am I supposed to do now? Do I take their fucking name? Blah, blah, blah. Right, right. And then, then we'll go back professionally. And then you'll, you give it a fucking 30 seconds. Then you go back into the conversation. Hey, let me just get your, uh, your social, by the way. If he lies to you about a social, you don't know a social, you can have a warrant. So get your guard up. Right? Right. I don't know my social. I'm like, all right, I'm about to really lock this motherfucker up. Right? right. Like, that's how it's going to go. So I try to emphasize that. So people that field train with me, they were thrilled to come to where they wanted to end. Good time. And then you saw the other guys. Still a lot of those guys are on the job? They're all on the job. Nice. You know, but I took pride in the field training efforts that I put into people. I put myself to the side, dude. Right? Yeah, I wanted... Did I miss car chases because I was inside? Showing a guy to click box seven, hit, hit, hit box four, and hit that drop-down menu, pick one of those. Now go back, go back, right? I'm doing that two, three hours instead of a 30-minute job. I'm a two, three-hour job. Right. And I'm hearing, we got one running, right? I'm like, oh, God, I wish yeah. it was me. I wish I was there. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that shit, but this guy needs me. Yeah, you, you see that, especially, you know, me seeing him as an instructor for like five years. And I see like the, a lot of the um, officers that came up under him that, you know, they're like, oh, H was my instructor. You could see the difference and you could see like how he poured into those, those officers mm-hmm. because of the quality of work that they are on. On the street. Yeah, for sure, dude. The way they treat people on the street. And you could just tell. Almost everybody I field trained went to a special assignment in the first two years, which is like unheard of. I remember I got a call one time. I, was, I don't know if I have proud moments. For me, I'm just collecting data back. My friend, uh, who's a sergeant, Danny, called me. And I see headquarters calling. I'm like, what the fuck? I went to a different side of the week. So this kid stayed on one side of the week. And I went back to the other side of the week. Shifts changed. So we have four on, four off. So I went to the other side. Or I went somewhere. I don't know where I went. But I wasn't there on that side with that kid anymore. He was on his own now. But it was like nine months from the day he graduated the academy. Mm-hmm. So Danny goes, uh, goes, hey, you busy? I go, 
what do you got? I'm thinking some bullshit coming down. He's mm -hmm. like, hey, I just want you to know, so-and-so was in here and just gave about a one-hour presentation to me, four other sergeants and two lieutenants on how to do search warrants. Mm -hmm. And he goes, what'd you do with this kid? I go, bro, he did three search warrants in his field training program. Mm -hmm. He goes, he did, I go, 12 weeks, he, did, he ripped three search warrants. Right? What kid gets that? We're in, he knows how to get to the courthouse. He knows what he's got, what the affidavit looks like. The judge, he sat in judge's chambers three times. He's comfortable with it. He literally taught all the supervisors on one side of the week on the second half of the day. How to do, they didn't know how to do them. You got a kid not even a year on the job, teach him how to write search warrants. Absolutely. So I was, for me, that's good feedback for me of like, okay, that was something good. I'm sending this kid for, to, to influence future generations. I hope he doesn't forget that. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Because he could teach the others, same way he was taught. I had this weird thing, and I don't know how much context you guys have of us, which is fine, but I started out as a cop doing work on the highway, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking having a great time, locking down an arrest, two, three arrests a day. Some of the sits really good, you know, getting some bad motherfuckers off the street. And then I started field training people, and I'm like, all right, now I'm letting these guys go out. Now I got two, three partners on my shift that are hard chargers. Now we're going out three, four of us. Then I started teaching. And I'm getting feedback from other agencies. I'm like, oh, cool. Now we got like 10, 15, 20, 25 agencies who got a guy or two out there knocking shit down. This is good. Then we left the state and started teaching the country. So now I'm like, God damn, the fucking country is into this shit now, right? Now we got thousands of cops out there doing good work. So I'm like, shit. Our, we're rolling into now a digital product that I'm working on here. I'm actually forfeiting more time in the field and just working in here on our digital product. So I'm like, holy fuck, dude. This digital product is going to be able to train not only everybody here, but around the world. Right? This will be something the world can That's take. That's amazing. And then I'm like, where do you go from there? And where you go from there is we started with cops, and now we'll go to different professions. As long as I can get this right, I can take this and go to different professions. And I just heard of a story of a, of a nurse. She was on a, who, same idea, same thing. And essentially, she sells a program that she has where she knows how to do better CPR. So the hospitals pay for her program. And so she is now training thousands of nurses in the world on how to save more lives. Wow. But for me, I'm like, it just continues to go and go and go. Big tasks, but they keep happening. So, you know, I used to think I was doing a lot of work as one cop on the road, but I'm doing a lot of cop. I'm sorry, I'm doing a lot of work as thousands of cops. Yeah. And that's what I like to see, dude. So I'm trying to take that feedback constantly and make things better. Just constantly trying to penetrate, get the word out, and get these men and women trained properly. So does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's beautiful. Congratulations. Hey, guys. Follow us on all social media platforms to include Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook group. We have so much information going on every single day. And we don't want you to miss out on any of that stuff. So check it out. Go give us a follow. Did you guys grow up together? We just met, met on the job together. Yeah, yeah met, met on the job. job. Both from the Bronx. Like, yeah. Now I'm from Long Island. Oh, that's right. But you look like you're from the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> you don't look like a fucking strong island kid, dude. What were you, like like the border of Queens, Long Island? Nah, I was deep. I'm in East, East Suffolk County. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm from CR. It's so funny, bro. We're so... We have a very mixed neighborhood. You'd be surprised. We, I live 18 minutes from here. I'll show you my neighborhood. You'd be like, God damn, right? It's a nice neighborhood. Yeah, same It's only like 18 houses, bro. Right. My kids don't need to be educated on different things. My son could not identify that one of his kids in his class was Indian. 
And I was like, oh, the kid. So we don't do that to him. We're not like, oh, the Indian kid in your class. We're like, oh, no, no, the kid um, that sits next to you. And they're like, oh, who? And like, whatever the kid's name was, I forget it. He's like, oh, so and so. I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like, a, he's like, you know, he's like, he's like a little darker than me. And I'm like, that's right, dude. That's it. Yeah. We never, even, we never identified anybody's like Indian. Those are no. our neighbors. It's good people. That's it. Got a name. Yeah. I think I identify like the fa- <laughs> similar to your to your community. I think I identify more families like by the cars they drive. Like, oh, you know, the guy with the red Lexus. You know, okay. I never say like, oh, it's you know the Indian guy. I don't know. It's just I don't do it. I, yeah, you just see it as an easy transition for them being we're all on the same playing field. Yeah. It's not you're different because this is your ethnicity or you know you don't want to distinguish that. Just know them for their name, who they are. Yeah, and I think that 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 smooth transition eliminates moving forward what you know race I, is. I mean, forty one, forty two. I know better, right? And where I grew up, and where you guys grew up, you know. How we were raised, I was in the ra- raising the same shit you were raising, a little different. I was in the Bronx, a little more fucking rough area, I'm sure. But like, the class wasn't far off, bro. Like, I didn't grow up in like some fucking right. crazy rich suburb. I grew up in like lower middle class, mm-hmm. you know, like an Archie Bunker feel to it, right? An all in the family type of feel, neighborhood. And um, I don't want my kids to ever, and I don't think anybody who ever made remarks actually believed what they were saying. I think it was just all about, jokes right and like just this misbehavior but there was never true feelings like that just how they were you know so i want to make sure that i'm passing along the wisdom that i've gained of like bro i know so much better now than i did when i was fucking 15 of course you're supposed to you're supposed to grow and elevate in life like my coming from ci my coaches were all italians and irishmen and they treated me like i was their own like we was a big family, you know. So my coaches, they're, they're they're prominent men in my life, just being you know grown groomed and raised. It, it wasn't no black or white, you know. They treated you, you know. That's my guy. That's my son. And you, you, you never, I guess, I guess they was hiding us from the real world, because the real world is ugly. Yes and no. Mm-hmm. I think majority of it's beautiful. No, this I, I agree. Yeah. A lot. Like the the ratios are significantly higher than people think. I think it's like 99-1. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, just uh, this morning, I, I came out of the bathroom, I was bumped into a woman. I went, oh, sorry. She goes, oh, my, I'm sorry too. What a, what a human interaction to not, one person get mad, we both apologize and go our separate to our offices. I mean, walking in here, there was two ladies out <gasps> in the front. They were yeah, very like, very. how you guys doing, gentlemen? Right. Oh, you going? And they let us the way and it, it was beautiful. And they knew we was police from the jump. But that's yeah. the whole like that's pretty much everywhere you go, even in some rough parts, bro. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, I don't. I think humans are overall ninety nine percent of them just good. I think it's the the what is it the the conventional media is the that's ones right. that are putting it out there that like no we're you know you can't go here because you could go anywhere as long as you treat people from that neighborhood with respect you're gonna be all right. Well, I don't, I might have to say that I don't know if I'm traveling to like Chicago like to like the rough area of Chicago that shit looks you're not gonna get shit like that. I, I I'm, I'm not going there. Yeah. I haven't been coming so to the city, so yeah. I haven't been, so I can't. That's what I'm saying. The world is brutal because reality is uh, it's just it's, dude, it's it's smack you in the face immediately. Well, well, Chicago, like everybody can group Chicago into this one area, which it's very dangerous. I and mean, Chicago has its problems, but it's like New York. I mean, everybody has their problems, bro. Right? Small pockets everywhere. But Chicago's got four thousand shootings a year. Thousand Isn't that wild? That's under the radar. That goes unsaid. Four or five thousand people shot a year. It's and the only reason they're living is because they're so good in Chicago at keeping people alive because they get shot so much that they have so much fucking practice. You know that 
field medics for the military go to Chicago to practice to train yeah, to train. It's just like that's wild. What's, what's his name? Scalia. Doctor Scalia. He keeps. <laughs> If it wasn't alive. for him touching those those bodies in what? Baltimore, it'd be worse. Than what it'd it is be up now. to with Chicago. He saves like yeah. he brings people back from the death. Like we said, but yo, if I get shot, bring me right down to shock trauma. And that's the thing too. Like Baltimore, I, some of the best hospitals in the country. Like, Facts, right? Those they those John Hopkins man and shock trauma shock and trauma. It's it's the things they do. It's just it's miracles. Yeah. It's it's wild, but I mean, unfortunately, we you saw we had thirty people shot. Uh, what was it July fourth? Yeah, the weekend in the southern. That was like the biggest in the southern. And it's yeah. it was we, we were all like, holy you shit! What's like, going on? Like what? Because those are, you that's what you see in Chicago. Yeah, you don't ever see that in Baltimore. Chicago's like wild, dude. I'm dying world, to see man. it. I'm dying to see it. Bro, it's yeah. like a third world. I'm dying to see it. You took the words. I was getting ready to say that. I'll be honest with you. I think it's even worse than a third world because yeah, you, you can go it. to like the DR. Right. You that's third know. world country for sure. All you're going to get is like your, fa- your phone or your chain snatched. You know? Yeah, yeah they ain't kill motherfuckers. They're not, like they're not killing. Mexico's fucked up. But Mexico's, Mexico's different. It's a different game. It's different, right? They're playing a different game now. Yeah, that's right. Just like Louisiana. Wild. Not a game, bro. You can't even go down. Like, I'm t- like bro, you know how many shootings they've had on like. The fucking like the what is that? What do they call that? The, the, where they do Mardi Gras and stuff. Oh, um, yeah, Bourbon Street, Bourbon French Quarters. Yeah, they got shootings Street. going on all the time there. You can't even go out like as you a don't tourist. You ever there. hear about it? Yeah, though. they have shootings going on all the time. All there, the bro. time. They had a mass shooting there a uh, year or change ago. They yeah. shot up. I'm not five, gonna lie. People. I had the, I had the uh, chance to go down to Louisiana with JB and just seeing it out there is like, <gasps> yeah. there were people literally like with. <laughs> shot I'm like that guy has a gun on his lap on his deck. Yeah. You know, because up here you don't really see that. You know. Well, dude, when you drive out of like out of New Orleans, the the aesthetics of like the projects, I guess, quote unquote, what you call them there, mm-hmm. they don't end forever. Like it's the poverty goes far. It's like ten minutes of driving, you're still seeing impoverished areas. That's how rough it is down there. It's wild. I'm it's not saying there aren't good people in that place, but it's rough, dude. It's tough, bro. I went. I was down there years ago, and I had Jordan's aunt teaching a class, and so. I said, well, I'm not flying out in the morning. I'm going to go back to New Orleans and go out. And a dude who was a cop there said, you can't go out down there with them sneakers on. And I'm like, no, I'm going to go to Bourbon Street. I'm standing like right around the corner. He's like, you can't go out with those fucking Jordans on, bro. I they do. don't even give a fuck if you're a cop. I'm like, well, yeah, but I'm like, bro, I look like a cop. They're like, that they don't, don't care here no. anymore. They don't. That's the first thing they said. When we went this past year, I had my, uh, my Gucci sneakers on, my outfit. Soon as I got out the hotel, I'll take three step. Dude said, "Yeah, those are really nice." Yeah, you gotta watch. I said, "Here we go." Mm. I'm like, am I, "Am I gonna have to duff this motherfucker?" <laughs> like, yo, know. you just never know. You never know. That's yeah. how it starts, bro. You know that feeling when somebody passes a comment like that. You're like, Fuck. "I'm like, here we go." Yeah. Like I came out here for this shit. I know. <laughs> you gotta be careful. Like, yo, I just want to enjoy myself, enjoy the French quarters, and have a good time. But it. yo. The wolves are everywhere, man. Yeah, they are. That shit is real. Thank God I ain't had no issues. You know, I had a good time. I still did what I was going to do. Went out, had a good time. Like, that shit didn't bother me, but it's always like your sixth sense. Yeah. Like, I got motherfuckers watching me now. You don't and know people who go there things. and don't even know that. They don't have the sixth sense. They, they, they get so, rocked they, to sleep. Yeah. 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 You they, see it on the videos on, on like uh, IG and all that. People getting rocked to sleep. Yeah. Like, it's because they walk around not, not paying attention. It's and wild. the plot is on. I was, I was in Puerto Rico last weekend and people like here, a lot of people didn't know what Puerto Rico is like. I'm like, bro, it's like being in fucking Miami. Like it's, it's like Condado area and like all the fucking like the tourist areas. 
Bro, it's, like, it's like here. Like the shit's, it's legit. You could live there comfortably. I don't, yeah. I didn't, first, not one second did I feel unsafe. Yeah. But have you been to the hoods in Puerto Rico? No, I haven't, bro. And I don't have no, any intention to go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I almost got carjacked out there one yeah, time. Yeah, you know, Yo, it's real out there. Yeah, but, but I think for you versus the way that I look, yeah. you have more of a chance of getting fucking caught up out there because, because I think they probably think I'm a cop. I'm a tourist. I probably don't want to fuck with tourists too right. much. You gonna bring yeah. too much? You don't want to fuck with the money. Yeah, because the government will get fucking very upset. Exactly. They'll, they'll come down with the force. So they, you do, you know, you can, you look like you could be from there. Right. But that's why a lot of even in New Orleans, that's why they don't really fuck with the tourists too much. That's what eighty five percent of the money that's being that money. to the city. But still, you go around these corners, and if they, if they could get you, they'll get you. Same fuck, thing bro. in Mexico. You go to Cancun, nobody really fuck with you because they know that's. The I'm money. not going to. Mexico. I ain't going to Mexico. I'm done. Mm-hmm. You're done. Especially now with, with the persona of this and like who I am now. I've been told by some uh, people who know some shit, they're like, you can't go there no yeah, more. Yeah, you're a big fish down there. I don't know if I'm a big fish, but I could be. Yeah. And that scares me enough. And you don't get to call the police down there because the police are paid by the cartel. So it's not yeah. like you call 911, they're going to come get you. No. They don't no. even try to fight the cartels. Yeah. They run the whole fucking country. Yeah. Let me ask you a question from, from, from the standpoint that you're doing, when you see like the cartels, the way they move, how does that influence your business as far as training? Like, so especially I, with like interdiction stuff. And stuff yeah. Like that. Um, you know, dude, maybe I'll try to answer this. There's more to this training than just that. So things that they do aren't relevant to everything that we have to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Obviously, have a big impact on the crime and the drugs and stuff like that. Something that you'll never stop. Right. But you can't remove the threat of getting caught to people who are going to commit crimes. If they are not afraid of getting caught, then, you know, it really, hell will break loose. Mm. So there's really no answer to it, but as law enforcement, we're never gonna stop at all, but the threat of law enforcement always has to be there. Absolutely. There's repercussions and and, and consequences. Absolutely. I mean, we're seeing it now, right? We're, we're what, a year into defunding the police? Oh, we're years into it. Yeah, Yeah, we're years. Well, yeah. Well, they've refunded the police. Right, and look at these cities now. They're, they're absolute mayhem. It was never this bad. No. Just in those cities, though. Yeah, yeah. And the crazy shit is, and you guys know this probably more than anybody, what happened was all the cops that were good from the big agencies left yeah. and, went to the, and went to the suburbs. Yep. A lot of them. NYPD lost over 10% of its force. Easily. It's a lot, bro. It's a yeah. lot. It took about four or 5,000 cops gone in five, in five years. Right. It took about a 30,000-person 30, 30, you know, 30, force. That's a lot of fucking cops. Yeah. Just recently, the, uh, the uh, I guess the LA Union, the female, oh, she yeah. said, you saw what she said? Posted on, on Instagram. Yeah, she's like, go, she's like, leave. Go where you are, are appreciated. I go to California, yeah, bro, I went to LA to teach for the first time. I'm there like four days, I don't see a police car. Ever. Ever? So I teach, the, maybe there a day or two beforehand, and I asked the guys in the class and the girls, I said, I haven't, how have I not seen a police car in the whole city of LA driving down here an hour to Newport? Beach or the fuck or Newport, wherever we were, somewhere close to that. Yeah. And they said, we hide. I said, are you serious? They go, yeah, dude. Like, we don't even drive around. We like find like a parking garage. Find a hole. And like, you can't even see the police cars. That's wild. We just, we only respond to calls because there's consequences of doing any police work in that area. I guess if you get proactive and you see something, forget it proactive. You know, like, and that's the precedent they've set. Where that's what everybody's that's doing out there. Crazy. You don't do. I'm telling you, I didn't see one marked police car in four days in L.A. Because we hung out at two extra days because I'd never been there before. We're gonna yeah. just hang out on the. How was that? Yeah, how's I, it like? I don't understand it. 
Really? I'm sure there's beautiful places out there if like you're a nature lover, but like culture wise, yeah. mm. bro, this shit is going on over here, bro. Wow. Don't don't sleep on New York and New Jersey, bro. We got some of the best culture and nightlife and experiences in the whole fucking world. I say the whole East Coast, dude. Some even the world, dude. Hey guys, if you're enjoying the Street Cop Podcast, do me a favor, just give us a rating and a review. We don't ask for anything else other than a review, and it helps us tremendously. What are we talking about next? We'll do one more thing. We didn't talk anything about, what did you guys want to talk about when you came here? Like, we shoot from the hip. We just yeah. had a good time. There's no script. We just, uh... You drove up from Maryland today? Yeah, yeah we drove Two up. Two hours. It's nice and easy. Yeah, That's easy. You're, yeah. you're above Baltimore? Yeah. Over the bridge. How's the podcast going? Tell me about that. It's great. It's great. A lot of a lot of interesting coming uh, things going on. We got a lot going on. Podcast is great. So yeah. many great people. We just uh, the episode just dropped with our new state's attorney Ivan Bates. Shout out to him. Uh, director Abrams from the new movie I Got a Monster, dedicated to the the GTF task force with uh, Wayne Jenkins. Oh. Um, How'd you guys end up on the Real Ones podcast? Um. Through We Own the City. Yeah. Did you watch it? So it's, it's a six episode. Uh, it's series. about the GTTF. So uh, it's written by David Simon and George Pelicanos, Nina Noble. They're the creators of The Wire. So mm-hmm. when this story broke, um, they hooked up with um, uh, Homeboy from the newspaper. It's a great guy. We had Bernthal's brother-in-law here two weeks ago, yeah. July 3rd. He was, yeah. in, he was in studio. Okay. You know Sydney? No, I haven't met him personally. Yeah, yeah, but, but he was here. Yeah. I just on the phone this morning. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, we're putting something together. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. Yeah. Um, yeah. JB played uh, 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 Jenkins. Jenkins, and um, I was the consultant on the show. And then from there on, you know, I told him about our podcast. And, yo, he's just just a good dude that just, like, wants to see people win, man. And, and We all are, bro. And, yeah, so then we looked up for the real ones, and then we just been working together ever since. And I was in uh, episode three. Mm-hmm. Oh, you were? Yeah, me and JB was going back and forth. Oh, that's you got to watch it, man. Yeah, you got to watch it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, the quick. scene was crazy. <clears throat> yeah. And to see like how actors, how he really got into his character, and then me being in my character, and us going back and forth. It was like such a paramount part in that movie. And this, you could see the switch, how he really got dirty. But it was crazy, me and him being going back and forth. I was the bad guy, and then ultimately he was the bad guy. It was crazy. You got to watch it, episode three. We I'm going to watch it. Where's it on? What, what, it's like, real. Oh, is it? I think yeah. it's called The Max now. So, yeah. Max, yeah, yeah, Max. Max. Just Max, no, Max. not The Max. Yeah. Yeah, yeah these, these, a lot of people, that's art. Like, these, these people, they take on this role, and like the really, like, the ones that are above, you just see them transform, and you're like, how the fuck do you do that? Mm. And it's that method acting, like... It's it's just wild to see. You That's know? why I learned so much from JB. Because even before we would do our scene, he would come in and he would look at me and we'll go right in the character. And I'm going my lines like he's doing his lines. Then we'll go into the entire scene. Same shit. As soon as the cleanup crew, they cut it. Cleanup crew comes in. The cleanup crew's coming in, and he's back in fucking character talking to me, and we're reenacting everything. So we did that shit for the majority. We did shit for like 40, 50 minutes straight, nonstop. That's cool. It was dope about the people, too. Like, um, we're like even with Jamie Hector, like when he got into his yeah. character, his role was very, like, um, very, like, like, uh, laid back. Laid back, but empathetic. So, like, he was very, like, you know, like thinking and, and like the way he moved. That was dope, but then like for me, uh, Daryl Bick Gibson, mm-hmm. he played um, Ram. Yeah. 
I would be like, yo, let's go out. He'd be like, I don't want to be around people. I cannot be around people because in the show, he's a complete menace. Mm -hmm. So it's like, he was like, I would, I would, I cannot be around people because I will kill someone right now. Because he was that much of a, his character was that much of a, like, dog, you know? And it's just to see all three of them do different styles. I was just like, I got to get the fuck away from these people because this is nuts. Yeah, but it was it's done and it was beautiful. That's cool, man. Yeah, for sure. Shit. Where do you guys film your uh, podcast? Up in uh, Baltimore yeah. County. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good, dude. Yep, yep. You got to come on. I'll fucking come down. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. You got to come down. Have a good time, bro. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun, boys, and I want to get you out of here before the fucking traffic ends. We'll do Appreciate this again. You. Yeah, absolutely. Don't Thanks forget, for us. everybody, Silverback Chronicles Podcast, your boy Big H, Dre, Triple C. Wait, why do they call you Big H? I don't, I don't follow. <laughs> he started it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's always H and then he It's a weird name for a guy tour. like you. I don't see I'm a small guy, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't forget, Wait, we own the city. How tall are you? How tall are you? I'm 6'4 and a half. Six I thought you were tall. You look, you appear he tall. He looks like he's 6'8". Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are you about, 120, 130? 115. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, that's tight. This side. It's legit, bro. Absolutely. That intermittent fasting? Man thong all day. <laughs> intermittent fasting? Absolutely. Yeah. God, don't fuck with Carl. Goes a long day. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, listen, keep up the hard work. Bro. The best way to be. <laughs> Welcome hey. to New Jersey, New York, boys. How about That's that? It. We love it. <clears throat> Thanks for having us. Yeah, straight. How about your Instagram, dude? Oh, Silverback Pod. P-O-D. Uh, www.silverbackchronicles.com is the website. Please check out We Own The City. Myself, our brother John Bernthal played in it. I'm on episode three with John. It's amazing. Look out for us. We got a lot going on. We got a lot coming. As soon as uh, the strike is over, we are going to be busy. All right. We're good. We're good. Thanks, boys. Hey, guys, check out our upcoming training at streetcop.com. Don't forget, we have 50 instructors nationally teaching a variety of topics. These are the best classes you're going to experience in your career. We make sure of it. You're going to love it. I guarantee you, you're going to be thankful that you went. Check us out at streetcop.com for all upcoming classes in your area.